Act Three of Sir Thomas More by Anthony Munday. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene One, Cheapside. Enter Master Sheriff and meet a messenger. Messenger, what news? Is execution yet performed? Not yet. The carts stand ready at the stairs. And they shall presently away to Tiborne. Stay, Master Shreve. It is the council's pleasure, for more example in so bad a case, a gibbet be erected in Cheapside, hard by the standard, whether you must bring Lincoln and those that were the chief with him. Enter officers. To suffer death, and that immediately. It shall be done, sir. Exit messenger. Officers, be speedy. Call for a gibbet. See it be erected. Others make haste to Newgate. Bid them bring the prisoners hither, for they here must die. Away, I say, and see no time be slacked. We, we go, go, sir. Exit some severally. Others set up the gibbet. That's well said, fellow. Now you do your duty. God, for his pity, help these troublous times. The streets stopped up with the gazing multitudes. Command our armed officers with halberds make way for entrance of the prisoners let proclamation once again be made that every householder on pain of death keep in his presences and every man stand with weapon ready at his door as he will answer to the contrary i'll see it done sir exit enter another officer bring them away to execution the writ is come above two hours since the city will be fined for its neglect. There's such a press and multitude at Newgate. They cannot bring the carts onto the stairs to take the prisoners in. Then let them come on foot. We may not dally time with great command. Some of the bench, sir, think it very fit that stay be made and give it out abroad. The execution is deferred till morning, and when the streets shall be a little cleared, to chain them up and suddenly dispatch it. Stay. In meantime, methinks they come along see they are coming so tis very well the prisoners are brought in well guarded bring lincoln there the first unto the tree ay for i cry lug sir i knew the first sir did belong to me this the old proverb now complete doth make that lincoln should be hanged for london's sake he goes up for god's name let us to work fellow dispatch i was the foremost man in this rebellion and I the foremost that must die for it. Bravely, John Lincoln, let thy death express that, as thou livest a man, thou diest no less. Dal Williamson, thine eyes shall witness it. Then to all you that come to view mine end, I must confess, I had no ill intent, but against such as wronged us overmuch. And now I can perceive it was not fit that private men should carve out their redress. Which way they list? No. Learn it now by me. Obedience is the best in each degree. And asking mercy meekly of my king, I patiently submit me to the law. But God forgive them that were cause of it. And as a Christian, truly from my heart, I likewise crave they would forgive me too, as freely as I do forgive their wrong that others, by example of the same, 
henceforth be warned to attempt the like gainst any alien that repaireth hither. Fare ye well, all. The next time that we meet, I trust in heaven, we shall each other greet. He leaps off. Farewell, John Lincoln. Say all what they can. Thou lipst a good fellow, and diedst an honest man. What I wear so fair on my journey, the first stretch is the worst, methinks. Bring Williamson there forward. Good Master Shreve, I have an earnest suit, and as you are a man, deny it me not. Woman, what is it? Be it in my power, thou shalt obtain it. Let me die next, sir, that is all I crave. You know not what a comfort you shall bring to my poor heart, to die before my husband. Bring her to death, she shall have her desire. Sir, and I have a suit for you too. What is it? That, as you have hanged Lincoln first, and will hang her next, so you will not hang me at all. Nay, you set up the counter gates, and you must hang for the folly. Well then, so much for it. Sir, your free bounty much contents my mind. Commend me to that good Shreve Master Moore, and tell him, had it not been for his persuasion, John Lincoln had not hung here as he does, we would first have locked us up in Lednor, and there been burnt to ashes with the roof. Woman, what Master Moore did was a subject's duty, and hath so pleased our gracious lord the king, that he is hence removed to higher place, and made of counsel to his majesty. Well, he is worthy of it by my troth, an honest, wise, well-spoken gentleman. Yet would I praise his honesty much more if he had kept his word and saved our lives. But let that pass. Men are but men, and so words are but words, and pays not what men owe. You, husband, since perhaps the world may say that through my means thou comest thus to thy end, here I begin this cup of death to thee, because thou shalt be sure to taste no worse than I have taken that must go before thee. What though I be a woman, that's no matter. I do owe God a death, and I must pay him. Husband, give me thy hand. Be not dismayed. This chair being chaired, then all our debt is paid. Only two little babes we leave behind us, and all I can bequeath them at this time is but the love of some good honest friend to bring them up in charitable sort. What, masters? He goes upright that never halts, and they may live to mend their parents' faults. Why, well said, wife. If faith thou cheerest my heart, give me thy hand. Let's kiss, and so let's part. He kisses her on the ladder. The next kiss, Williamson, shall be in heaven. Now cheerily, lads, George bets a hand with thee, and thine too, Rafe, and thine, good honest Sherwin. Now let me tell the women of this town, no stranger yet brought doll to lying down, so long as I an Englishman can see, nor French nor Dutch shall get a kiss of me, and when that I am dead, for me yet say, I died in scorn to be a stranger's prey. A great shout and noise, cry within, Pardon, 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 pardon. Room for the Earl of Surrey, room there, room. Enter Surrey. Save the man's life, if it be possible. It is too late, my lord. He's dead already. I tell thee, Master Sheriff, you are too forward to make such haste with men unto their death. I think your pains will merit little thanks, since that his highness is so merciful as not to spill the blood of any subject. My noble lord, would we so much had known. The council's warrant hastened our dispatch. It had not else been done so suddenly. Sir Thomas More, humbly upon his knee, did beg the lives of all, since on his word they did so gently yield. The king hath granted it, 
and made him lord high chancellor of england according as he worthily deserves since lincoln's life cannot be had again then for the rest from my dread sovereign's lips i here pronounce free pardon for them all god save the king god save the king my good lord chancellor and the earl of surrey flinging up caps and dull desires it from her very art more's name may live for this right noble part and whensoe'er we talk of ill may-day praise more in hope his highness clemency and mercy which in the arms of mild and meek compassion would rather clip you as the loving nurse oft doth the wayward infant than to leave you to the sharp rod of justice so to draw you to shun such lewd assemblies as beget unlawful riots and such traitorous acts that striking with the hand of private hate maim your dear country with a public wound o oh god that mercy whose majestic brow should be unwrinkled and that awful justice which looketh through a veil of sufferance upon the frailty of the multitude should with the clamours of outrageous wrongs be stirred and wakened thus to punishment but your deserved death he doth forgive who gives you life pray all he long may live god save the king god save the king my good lord chancellor and the earl of surrey exeunt scene two chelsea a room in moore's house a table being covered with a green carpet a state cushion on it and the purse and mace lying thereon enter sir thomas moore it is in heaven that i am thus and thus and that which we profanely term our fortunes is the provision of the power above fitted and shaped just to that strength of nature which we are born withal good god good god that i from such an humble bench of birth should step as twere up to my country's head and give the law out there i in my father's life to take prerogative and tithe of knees from elder kinsmen and him bind by my place to give the smooth and dexter way to me that owe it him by nature sure these things not physicked by respect might turn our blood to much corruption but more the more thou hast either of honour office wealth and calling which might excite thee to embrace and hug them the more do thou in serpents natures think them fear their grey skins with thought of their sharp state and let this be thy maxim to be great is when the thread of heyday is once spun a bottom great would up great undone come on sir are you ready enter randall attired like sir thomas moore yes my lord i stand but on a few points i shall have done presently before god i have practised your lordship's shift so well that i think i shall grow proud my lord tis fit thou shouldst wax proud or else thou'lt ne'er be allied to greatness observe me sirrah the learned clerk erasmus is arrived within our english court last night i hear he feasted with our honoured english poet the earl of surrey and i learn to-day the famous clerk of rotterdam will visit sir thomas moore 
Therefore, sir, take my seat. You are Lord Chancellor. Dress your behavior according to my carriage, but beware you talk not overmuch, for it will betray thee. Who prates not much seems wise, his wit few scan, while the tongue blabs tales of the imperfect man. I'll see if great Erasmus can distinguish merit and outward ceremony. If I do not serve a share for playing of your lordship well, let me be a yeoman usher to your sumter, and be banished from wearing a gold chain for ever. Well, sir, I'll hide our motion. Act my part with a firm boldness, and thou winst my heart. Enter the shreve with Faulkner, a ruffian, and officers. How now? What's the matter? Tuck me not, I'm no bear. It's blood if all the dogs in Paris garden hung at my tail, I'd shake him off with this, that I'll appear before no king christened, but my good lord chancellor. We'll christen you, sirrah. Bring him forward. How now? What tumults make you? The azured heavens protect my noble lord chancellor. What fellow's this? A ruffian, my lord, that hath set half the city in an uproar. My lord? There was a fray in Paternoster Row, and because they would not be parted, the street was choked up with carts. My noble lord, pan your ally's throat was open. Sir, hold your peace. I'll prove the street was not choked, but is as well as ever it was since it was a street. This fellow was a principal broacher of the broil. His blood I broached none. It was broached and half run out before I had a lick at it. And would be brought before no justice but your honour. I am hailed, my noble lord. No ear to choose for every trivial noise but mine, and in so full a time. Away! You wrong me, Master Shreve. Dispose of him at your own pleasure. Send the knave to Newgate. To Newgate? Splod, Sir Thomas More, I appeal, I appeal from Newgate to any of the two worshipful counters. Fellow, whose man are you that are thus lusty? My name's Jack Faulkner. I serve, next under God and my prince, Master Morris, secretary to my lord of Winchester. A fellow of your hair is very fit to be a secretary's follower. I hope so, my lord. The fray was between the bishop's men of Ely and Winchester, and I could not in honour but part them. I thought it stood not with my reputation and degree to come to my questions and answers before a city justice. I knew I should to the pot. Thou hast been there, it seems, too late already. I know your honour is wise and so forth, and I desire to be only catechized or examined by you, my noble lord chancellor. Sir, sir, you are a busy, dangerous ruffian. Ruffian? How long have you worn this hair? I have worn this hair ever since I was born. You know that's not my question. But how long hath this shag fleece hung dangling on thy head? How long, my lord? Why, sometimes thus long, sometimes lower, as the fates and humours please. So quick, sir, with me, huh? I see, good fellow, that thou lovest plain dealing. Sir, tell me now, when were you last at Barber's? How long time have you upon your head worn this shag hair? My lord, Jack Faulkner tells no ace of fables. Troth, 
i was not at barbers these three years i have not been cut not will not be cut upon a foolish vow which as the destinies shall direct i am sworn to keep when comes that vow out why when the humours are purged not these three years vows are recorded in the court of heaven for they are holy acts young man i charge thee and do advise thee start not from that vow and for i will be sure thou shalt not shrieve besides because it is an odious sight to see a man thus hairy thou shalt lie in newgate till thy vow and thy three years be full expired away with him my lord cut off this fleece and lie there but a month i'll not lose a hair to be lord chancellor of europe to newgate then sirrah great sins are bred in all that body where there's a foul head away with him exeunt all except randall enter surrey erasmus and attendants now great erasmus you approach the presence of a most worthy learned gentleman this little isle holds not a truer friend unto the arts nor doth his greatness add a feigned flourish to his worthy parts he's great in study that's the statist's grace that gains more reverence than the outward place report my lord has crossed the narrow seas and to the several parts of christendom has borne the fame of your lord chancellor i long to see him whom with loving thoughts i in my study oft have visited is that sir thomas more it is erasmus now shall you view the honourablest scholar the most religious politician the worthiest counsellor that tends our state that study is the general watch of england in it the prince's safety and the peace that shines upon our commonwealth are forged by loyal industry i doubt him not to be as near the life of excellence as you proclaim him when his meanest servants are of some weight you saw my lord his porter give entertainment to us at the gate in latin good phrase what's the master then when such good parts shine in his meanest men his lordship hath some weighty business for see yet he takes no notice of us i think it were best i did my duty to him in a short latin speech qui in celeberima patria natus est et gloriosa plus habit negotii ut in lucem veniat quam qui i prithee good erasmus be covered i have forsworn speaking of latin else as i am true counsellor i would tickle you with a speech nay said erasmus said good my lord of surrey i'll make my lady come to you anon if she will and give you entertainment is this sir thomas more oh good erasmus you must conceive his vein he's ever furnished with these conceits yes faith my learned poet doth not lie for that matter i am neither more nor less than merry sir thomas always will sup with me by god i a parlous wise fellow that smells of a politician better than a long progress enter sir thomas more we are deluded this is not his lordship i pray you erasmus how long will holland cheese in your country keep without maggots fool painted barbarism retire thyself into thy first creation exit randall 
thus you see my loving learned friends how far respect waits often on the ceremonious train of base illiterate wealth whilst men of schools shrouded in poverty are counted fools pardon thou reverend german i have mixed so slight a jest to the fair entertainment of thy most worthy self for no erasmus mirth wrinkles up my face and i still crave what that forsakes me i may hug my grave your honour's merry humour is best physic unto your able body for we learn where melancholy chokes the passages of blood and breast the erected spirit still lengthens our days with sportful exercise study should be the saddest time of life the rest a sport exempt from tort of strife erasmus preacheth gospel against physic my noble poet oh my lord you tax me in that word poet of much idleness it is a study that makes poor our fate poets were ever thought unfit for state oh give up not fair poesy sweet lord to such contempt that i may speak my heart it is the sweetest heraldry of art that sets a difference between the tough sharp holly and tender bay tree yet my lord it has become the very logic number to all mechanic sciences why i'll show the reason this is no age for poets they should sing to the loud canon heroica facta qui faciant reges heroica carmina laudant and as great subjects of their pen decay even so unphysicked they do melt away enter master morris come will your lordship in my dear erasmus i'll hear you master morris presently my lord i make you master of my house we'll banquet here with fresh and state delights the muses music here shall cheer our sprites and the cates must be but mean where scholars sit for they're made all with courses of neat wit <laughs> exeunt surrey erasmus and attendants and now master morris i am a suitor to your lordship in behalf of a servant of mine the fellow with long hair good master morris come to me three years hence and i'll hear you i understand your honour but the foolish knave has submitted himself to the mercy of a barber and is without ready to make a new vow before your lordship hereafter to leave cavil nay then let's talk with him pray call him in enter faulkner and officers bless your honour a new man my lord why sure this is not he and your lordship will the barber shall give you a sample of my head i am he in faith my lord i am ipse why now thy face is like an honest man's thou hast played well at this new cut and won no my lord lost all that ever god sent me god sent thee into the world as thou art now with a short hair how quickly are three years run out of newgate i think so my lord for there was but a hair's length between my going thither and so long time because i see some grace in thee go free discharge him fellows farewell master morris thy head is for thy shoulders now more fit thou hast less hair upon it but more wit exit did i not tell thee always of these locks and the locks were on again all the goldsmiths in cheapside should not pick them open 
it's hard if my hair stands not on end when i look for my face in a glass i am a polecat here's a lousy jest but if i notch not that rogue tom barber that makes me look thus like a brownist hang me i'll be worse to the nitical knave than ten tooth drawings here's a head with a pox what ails thou art thou mad now mad now nails if loss of hair cannot mad a man what can i am deposed my crown is taken from me more had been better a scoured mortgage than a notched me thus does he begin ship shearing with jack faulkner nay and you feed this vein sir fare you well why farewell frost i'll go hang myself out for the pole head make a saracen of jack thou desperate knave for that i see the devil wholly gets hold of thee the devil's a damned rascal i charge thee wait on me no more no more call me thy master why then a word master morris i'll hear no word sir fare you well Sblad, farewell why dost thou follow me because i'm an ass do you set your shavers upon me and then cast me off must i gondole have the fates played the fools am i their cut now the poor sconce is taken must jack march with bag and baggage weeps you coxcomb nay you have poached me you have given me a hair it's here here away you kind ass come sir dry your eyes keep you old place and mend these fooleries i cared not to be turned off and it were a ladder so it been my humour or the fates beckon to me nay pray sir if the destiny spin me a fine thread faulkner flies another pitch and to avoid the headache hereafter before i'll be a hairmonger i'll be a whoremonger exeunt scene three chelsea antechamber in moore's house enter a messenger to moore my honourable lord the mayor of london accompanied with his lady and her train are coming hither and are hard at hand to feast with you as servants come before to tell your lordship of their near approach why this is cheerful news friends go and come reverend erasmus who delicious words expressed the very soul of life and wit newly took sad leave of me and with tears troubled the silver channels of the thames which glad of such a burden proudly swelled and on her bosom bore him toward the sea he's gone to rotterdam peace go with him he left me heavy when he went from hence but this recomforts me the kind lord mayor his brethren aldermen with their fair wives will feast this night with us why so it should be moore's merry heart lives by good company good gentlemen be careful give great charge our diet be made dainty for the taste for of all people that the earth affords the londoners fare richest at their boards Exeunt. end of act three